0: Hello, my name's Christiana, and welcome to the Oceanside Community Church podcast. We're a church in Parksville on Vancouver Island, with a vision to be fully devoted children of God, fully mature in Jesus Christ, and fully alive with the Holy Spirit. We welcome you to join us weekly on this journey. For more information about our church, visit our website at oceansidecommunitychurch.ca or download our mobile app. We pray that you'll be blessed and equipped by today's teaching. Every great piece of literature or movie or drama is usually known by you know one or two lines that sort of are immediately recognizable or maybe associated with that story. Uh, so for example, if I say there's no place like home, you immediately think of Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz. right? Let's try another one. Uh, if I say Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. That kind of brings to mind the whole movie of Forrest Gump. Right. Uh, Let's try literature or drama. Make sure you don't only watch movies. Uh, To be or not to be, that is the question. This is from Shakespeare's Hamlet. Next one, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. What uh, book is that from? Tale of Two Cities, well done. You went to your English class by Charles Dickens. All right, this one's maybe a tad harder. I want to challenge you a little bit, although uh, it is one of the most famous first lines of any book uh, ever written. Uh, call me Ishmael. Anybody? Moby Dick. Moby Dick, that's right, uh, Herman Melville. So uh, this is fun. We could, of course, do it all day. Uh, just a couple more for fun. Houston, we have a problem. Apollo 13, right? It kind of summarizes that whole movie. Uh, Let's go a little further back in case you're a little older. Here's looking at you, kid. Yes, from the movie Casablanca. There we go. So sometimes there are just lines so memorable, so powerful, they're able to kind of stand as representative of an entire work. Or movie and when you hear them you think of the entire story that it represents so you know for me I love baseball and so uh, when I hear the words if you build it he will come there's like this flood of emotions uh, as I think of the movie Field of Dreams and what that meant to me as a kid. Well the most famous and best selling book and piece of literature in the world also has one line that it's likely best known for, that in a way kind of brings together and summarizes the whole story and drama that it represents. And that book, of course, is the Bible. And that one line is, I was gonna say any guesses, but we gave it away there. John 3.16. So just stand with me really briefly. One thing we like to do here at the church is stand to honor God's word when we read it. And I know it's just one verse, uh, but let's uh, read it. And you can even read it with me if you want. Uh, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So, Lord, bring these words to life so that they may be central to how we live, that they would be the echo of our lives, the soundtrack to our existence. Holy Spirit, come and teach us what you wanted us to know when you inspired these words and how you wanted us to live. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, if these are perhaps the most famous words... Of the most famous book in the world they're probably worth understanding a little deeper right especially if they potentially have to do with the biggest questions of human existence like who am i who is god how can i know him and most importantly what is the meaning of life and what happens to me after i die so whether you've been a christian all your life or if this is the first time you're ever hearing These words. It's worth a few minutes to understand what is being communicated here, and then also to ask the question, well, what should be my response? So let's talk about both the explanation as well as the invitation of John 3.16. Let me just take us basically uh, word by word through arguably this most well-known verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So let's just start with that first word, the word for. For God so loved the world. The verse before this in John 3, verse 15, ends, and you might be familiar, that everyone who believes in Jesus may have eternal life in Him. And then it immediately jumps to this word for. There's a little uh, word at the beginning of this in the original language, the New Testament was written uh, in a different language, Greek, uh, that links this sentence very strongly to the previous idea in verse 15, which is eternal life. In other words, it's saying, why does God give eternal life? Well, for God so loved the world. That's why he gives eternal life. You're like, okay, that that right there is pretty good. That's awesome. That's great. God loves the world. But how do I know He loves the world? And how do I know He wants to give us, me, you, eternal life? Well, this verse gives us a clue uh, through one tiny word there, which is the word so. For God so loved the world. And this is not just a word of hyperbole or emotion, it's not just like, I I love ice cream so much, or, you know, we're just so lucky to live on Vancouver Island. No, in the the original, remember English is a translation, this is a word of action, this is a word of demonstration. Uh, This word, so, is just this little adverb at the beginning of the sentence, and it's actually the first word in the sentence that means, in this way, or as follows, in this manner, thus or so. And it refers to what follows, and so it's this great word, actually, of anticipation. It's here saying, for God so loved the world and gives us eternal life, and then it's kind of like, wait for it, in this way. Or as follows, in other words, here's how you know God loves you, that he gave his one and only son. And the word or or conjunction that is so important and, and powerful here because it indicates something that's a result. It gives the consequence of the action, right? God so loved the world with the result that, so that he gave. His one and only son. In other words, God's giving his son is the result of God's love just spilling over for the world with the most loving, generous, sacrificial act the world has ever known. See, God just doesn't say, I love you so much, and that's that. No, he demonstrates it by saying that. He gave His one and only Son. But why? Why did He do it all? What is kind of the end result that we're looking for? Well, it says that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. And again, the word that, it's actually a different word in the original language, so they both get translated that, but this is a different kind of that. Uh, It's powerful here for it indicates the goal or, or the aim of an action, Why did he give his son? Well, he gave his son in order that, with the goal that, here's why he did it. Here's what he wants to happen. Here's the intended result, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's goal for you is to live eternally in his presence. So let's just kind of summarize this breakdown or summary of, of John 3.16. We'll just call this uh, Joseph's John 3.16 translation, if I may be so bold, uh, but just kind of bringing out the meaning of each and every words. And it would be something like this if we were going to expand upon what the words mean. Why does God give eternal life? Well, because he loves the world. How do we know he loves the world? Well, specifically in this exact way. He loved it so much that it resulted in Him giving His only Son. And here's the reason He gave His only Son. So that we might never perish, but have eternal, everlasting life. So that's the explanation of John 3.16, and I hope it's helpful. But even more important than the explanation is that we would experience this. Is that we would know what this means experientially. Because we probably can't fully understand what it means if we haven't actually experienced it. I would even argue the experience probably needs to come first to fully understand the impact of these words. And so I want you just to hear somebody's testimony of how experiencing this makes a difference, and she's going to actually share it uh, here in person uh, in the 11, and we try to always do both services, but sometimes people have kids and different things, and it's not possible to get here for both, but so I'm going to read it on her behalf in in this service. Sometimes the 9 gets the fun things, and sometimes the 11 gets the fun things, and you just never know. But... uh, Pretend I'm like Jenna, and as nice as Jenna. So uh, this is Jenna's testimony, and we'll show a picture of her in a second, but most of you would know her. She says, through what some might call happenstance, I wandered into this church in hopes of helping a friend, and I remember that day. After a few months of singing, crying, listening, and visiting, I was hooked, but kept wondering just what had I really gotten myself into. I looked forward to coming, but... Was I a Christian? What was with the whole communion wafer thing? And why the references to wind? Just who was I associating with and what did they believe? Growing up, with, growing up without much religion or spirituality in the home, I was unprepared to commit because I had no idea what was being offered or asked of me. For a long time, I always stood at the back. I could be described as an enthusiastic church lurker. But then she says, Alpha, the program that we'll be running and one that helps us to understand these basic truths, gave me a chance to explore those important questions and find some answers. I highly recommend Alpha to anyone wanting to know more about the what and why of Christianity. Alpha got me asking the right questions and seeking answers so that three years later, I felt confident to take the plunge into baptism. And there she is. Three years later, taking the plunge into baptism. See, that's a story of experiencing this truth. And that the invitation of this verse is actually perhaps more important than just the explanation. See, knowing Jesus is so life-changing that the Bible calls it becoming a new creation or being born again, as if life has almost started over. It's a brand new life. We become a new person. We become a forgiven person. See, as important as knowledge of the gospel is, the truth is, I can explain the gospel, meaning the good news of Jesus, until I'm blue in the face. In fact, I'm trained to do so. But it won't really make sense until you open up your heart to it and to the God who loves you and created you. And the only thing that separates us from this gift of eternal life now is our sin, which a holy God can't associate with or tolerate. But the good news is that Jesus takes away our sins by placing them on himself so that we might freely come to God, knowing that he loves us and accepts us. Uh, Put it in just the simplest of terms, if you want to imagine it this way, and I'm not saying it's going to work exactly like this. But when we die and come face to face with the God who created us and gave us life, and when we, as the Bible says, give an account of our lives, there's not enough good deeds in the world we could do to earn God's acceptance. Instead, there's only one deed that has been done that can gain God's acceptance. And that's Jesus' death on the cross. And so the only way to enter into eternal life is to look at Jesus on that day and say, I'm with him. As we just sang, to fix our gaze on Jesus. That's our one and only hope. Doesn't matter if whether you've worked in a church for 60 years or it was one day before you died. That is the only hope any of us have, that God would look at us and he would actually see Jesus in us, the perfect son of God. Jesus said it like this in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father, I don't care how good you've been, <laughs> no one comes to the Father except through me. Man's going to come up. See, the reasons God gave his only son are, are myriads. It was to take the punishment for our sin that we deserve. It was to show his power over evil and conquer our biggest enemy, which is death. It's to identify with our broken lives through his broken body. That his insults were hurled upon him and he was stripped of his clothes and his dignity that he sympathizes with those who have been hurt by this world, who have been maybe stripped of their dignity, that as he felt abandoned and alone, crying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, that he understands your feelings of isolation, depression, darkness, abandonment, the layers of powerful truth behind the gospel and the message of the cross are immense and they don't all come at once. And sometimes they come in different seasons of life. And there might even be a lot of things you didn't understand today. We mentioned, you know, God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And you may be wondering, what's that all about? What's, what's the relationship? And we actually have a series coming up on that topic, uh, what we call the Trinity. More importantly, a lot of these important truths will be explored at Alpha. So you can sign up in the lobby and start there. Whether you're an, un- an unsure skeptic or you're just ready to go all in. We recommend Alpha for that. But no matter what, it all starts with just that initial step of belief. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him. And that's actually a word of action, not just of intellect. So I want to give you a chance to express that belief. And if you would just close your eyes for a second, This as god demonstrated his love to us in action through an act it's important we demonstrate our love for god back to him through action and eventually that's in the way we live our lives it's also through the act of baptism which you saw jenna do but for now it's just saying yes i believe jesus save me from my sins and from eternal separation from you and by your grace Grant me forgiveness and eternal life. And we can all appreciate that if you've been hearing it for decades. I hope that your heart never, never gets tired of hearing the good news of the gospel. That if we preach this same simple message every week, you'd never get tired of hearing it. But if you are hearing it for the first time or it's making sense for the first time, I do want to give you a chance to demonstrate that. And I don't want to draw this out because no one's trying to create some emotion or feeling. There's no pressure, but I do want to give the Holy Spirit time to work. And it's just kind of a simple thing of saying, yeah, I want to start that journey with Jesus today and go from there. I want to belong to God's eternal and forever family. And you need to know upfront that it's not easy And we no longer live for ourselves, but we live for God. But it is sweet. And So if that is you, I want you in a second just to raise your hand as a sign of saying, I'm ready. I'm reaching out to Jesus to save me. So just when I count to three, just put it up. And it's just a sign between us so that we know you're demonstrating that, that you want to do that. So one, two, three. If that's you, just put up your hands. Yes, I see it. A couple of hands. Praise God. And so for those of you who raised your hands as well as for all of us as a reminder of what happens when we accept Jesus, when we hear that gospel message, the Holy Spirit comes and resides in us. In fact, the Holy Spirit in the Scriptures is called the down payment or the foretaste of those future things that are to come of eternal life so that we even get a taste of eternal life now. So let's just praise God for his gift, his gift of his Son, his gift of his Holy Spirit. So let's praise God for those who are expressing their faith in him this morning who are saying, yeah, I want to be with Jesus. On that day, I want to say... I'm with him I'm with Jesus thank you Lord God thank you for the gift of your son thank you for your Holy Spirit that reminds us that we are children of God that we are sons and daughters of the living God Lord we just want to celebrate you we want to live lives God that are in gratefulness back to you Lord you demonstrated publicly your love for us and we want to demonstrate publicly in our lives our love for you may our life Just be one gift lived back to you each and every day. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, or download our mobile app for more content. If you're in the area, we hope to see you soon. Until next time, may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you as you live by His Spirit.